you have setbacks, that's in a way, that's a step forward because you're going to get closer to where you you, uh, will be. Welcome to Balancing Point Podcast, where you will experience the captivating world of professional ballet. On this show, you will hear what it takes to make it in the exclusive world. Each guest will share with you their struggles, their I've made it moments, and their advice for success. And ultimately, you will learn what it is really like to live your dream. Join your host, Kimberly Falker, and today's inspiring guests as they take you on a behind-the-scenes journey into ballet. Hello, and welcome back to Balancing Point Podcast. Today, my guest is Lori McSheary Gray, who is a dancer with the Royal Ballet of Flanders, and that's located in Belgium. And if you haven't heard my previous episode, uh, go ahead and listen to it when you can. But the guest on that show was Joshua McSherry Gray, who's actually Lori's identical twin brother. And as you'll hear in this episode, they the two of them took identical paths for quite a while, and then they each broke off and found their own individual path of success in ballet. So let's go ahead and get started with Lori McSherry Gray. Okay, um, well, um, it started when I um, was at primary school and I wasn't um, doing great at school academically and my parents noticed that, um, same, same as my brother, and they um, wanted us to focus on uh, maybe something more artistic, so they, um, we took extra lessons outside of school and uh, did music lessons. Uh, drama lessons and dance lessons and then that's at what age did you kind of seem to think to yourself that dance was something that you wanted to pursue well um, I'd say we both took classes from the age of 12 just maybe twice a week for an hour and a half each time and it was quite a um, I'd say bit of a scary time really because when you're just two boys that twins draws a lot of attention in a class full of maybe 20 girls um and then uh we must have it just it's a i guess it turns into a hobby and then you i guess you might miss one class one week and you think oh i missed that and then you go again and then obviously a lot of attention has been to guys from the teacher so then i'd say um, when we were probably about 15, um, just before we'd go to full-time vocational school, we decided we would, uh, yeah, want, want to go to study it full-time. Yeah, um, so I'd say with the first four years of, of uh, dancing as a hobby, really, it then just developed into wanting to study it full-time. And then in, in school, did you ever get any sort of pushback by your friends or was it hard as a male to kind of be in that industry but go to school and admit that you were a ballet dancer or my friends were always quite supportive I think they in a way um I wouldn't say the word is envious but they definitely liked that me and my brother were pushed to do other things outside of school like interesting activities so it wasn't just dance that we focused on it was going to the music lessons and drama lessons and the odd night going to maybe gymnastics so 
they were actually really supportive of it. Wow, that's great because you do hear sometimes of how miserable it is to be a, a male in the kind of tough years anyway of high school age. <laughs> yeah, I would say um, if I um, had anything, it was possibly um, inside the studio from um, lots of the girls when they find it funny that there's two boys in this classroom doing ballet with them. Especially identical uh, twins. <laughs> yeah, of course. Um, but I guess when you're a child, sometimes you're lucky enough just to maybe not see it. Um, That's true. Or but I could say it could have been worse, though, if um, I actually did go to secondary school or, or high school, as you call it, in the States, because we eventually, me and my brother, were um, home educated because um, our, we needed to, uh, we were both dyslexic, and my parents decided that um, we were um, quite successful in uh, the lessons that we're doing outside of school, so they decided to... Um, Home educators, home educators, and bring in teachers to give us our academic studies. Oh, that makes sense. Um, yeah, yeah. So it's a better environment in in general. So still, our friends that went to the local high school um, were very supportive. Still, though, it was good. Right. Yeah. I guess those are the years where it gets a little bit tougher if you're not football, basketball, baseball. <laughs> which I guess in England, baseball is not as big of a sport. <laughs> no, but I um, was always a very like. Um, I don't know, energized kid. I would go out with my mates and do all the things that you do when you're a young boy as well. So they didn't really see me doing my arts. They uh, saw me true, in the streets yeah. as, as their other friends. You're, you weren't leaping through the streets? <laughs> no, not that type of guy. <laughs> yeah. So then you wound up studying at the Royal Ballet. How did that happen? That was... Um, quite a shock really we yeah and when I first went to that school I really didn't feel like I fitted in 100% it was quite a I could say culture shock because the town I come from um, opportunities are quite hard to come by especially the artistic um, but my the support from my parents again um, made me uh, I guess go and audition to a few places and uh, then when I was accepted into that school it felt great, but at the same time, it was definitely a different environment I was used to. But I knew at the same time it was the right place to be because the um, the concentration, the the high level they they train you at, felt great. It was a good uh, good experience for me. Right. So when you say culturally different, in what way was it? The the amount of believe it or not, the amount of money pumped into uh, an establishment like that. It's quite uh, something I hadn't seen before. Um, even though I'd say ballet as an art doesn't have a lot of money in it, the Royal Ballet School is very well um, established and um, their patrons are um, famous or wealthy people and it was just a very different establishment I was used to. Wow. And then was it fairly strict? Was it kind of an environment that you felt... Um confined on a day-to-day -day basis on how you were to present yourself? Yeah, I would compare the Royal Ballet School um, in a positive way to a army-like situation because they want, they want the best from each pupil, but they always want to deliver in a consistent, um, in a consistent way. So 
um, along with your friends there, you have to um, all try and, I guess, produce the same work as each other, but that's uh, that all comes from the teacher. And I think they, they pick in a particular way that students can um, all generally advance in the uh, same way in those particular years. So when you went there, what was the audition process like? Did you have to travel to London or did they do kind of a countrywide audition? Um, no, actually, um, before the Royal Ballet School, um, I was at another school for two years, which was the Central School of Ballet. And they, uh, I was there for two years. And Where was that located? That was in London also. Oh, okay. Um, and it's, uh, it's another comprehensive school for, for dance, but um, the, the Royal Ballet School was holding an audition and I thought the focus of the Royal Ballet School was where I would like to, have, uh, would like to go. So I, I presume the audition was on a Sunday, so I um, sneaked away from the previous school where I, where I was and did my audition and uh, um, was successful, though I did audition the year before and I passed through the first round, but the last, uh, the final, they uh, obviously thought I wasn't suited to the school yet because they didn't give me a place. Yeah. So then the second year when I auditioned, they uh, must have saw they must have saw that I improved with my brother. Right. And then so you guys were on the same kind of uh, I guess wavelength as far as you both auditioned for the same things at the same time. Yeah. Um, and then you both didn't get in the first year, and then the second year did. Exactly. That's so wild, huh? Yeah, I think um, the schools were um, very, they could easily put us in the, the same category as, uh, oh, they're the twins, but um, at the same time... We, oh, there were other twins there too? Yeah, the Royal Ballet School loves twins. Um, I think through the lower school <laughs> and the upper school, there were maybe, I think when I was there, four sets of twins, not in the same year, but maybe two 11-year-olds, wow. two 14-year-olds, and then me and my brother were the oldest uh of the twins in in the upper school, um, though I think previously some graduates there were twins. I think they like very similar bodies, and if they can get hold of twins, they'll take them. If oh yeah, two for one. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but I wouldn't say they would take anyone though, as long as they demonstrate some right. form of what they they need. They yeah, I think it's a positive thing actually for for the school. Did you know that before? No, no actually, I, it was just while I was studying there, um, I realized there was a few twins around and then I heard through you know, so the grapevine that the director must love twins because um, there's a few of us there. Yeah. So any of my listeners that are identical twins and dancers should go over to London. <laughs> yeah. Um, obviously. The, <laughs> you might stand a better chance. <laughs> the outcome could be different, but if you're, if you're what they would see as as a, a student individually, then if there's two of you, sure. I think they would definitely go for it. But that was with the previous director, Galen Stock, so uh, things may have changed now. But um, yeah, I say anyone should go for that. So as an identical twin and, you know, obviously having the fortune of being alongside your brother, would you guys kind of discuss your strategy as one or did you... 
obviously you've taken different paths in your career now, but at that time, did you both kind of say, all right, let's go for this. And if one doesn't get in, would you have continued to try and stay together or would you have separated? Do you think? Wow, that's a tough question. Um, we would definitely have gone our own ways for sure. I think it just, um, didn't end up being like that, but actually in a way we have gone our own ways now in our professional careers. So I think if it happened earlier, that would have been fine. Um, just didn't happen uh, until we became professional dancers. Okay. So when you were in the Royal Ballet School, did you guys ever pull any pranks and use your, your identicalness to your advantage? Well, you can say if we tried, uh, we didn't need to try. That's the, the whole, uh, um, I wouldn't call it a blessing because it sometimes can get quite frustrating when your teacher can never tell who you are. So uh, the pranks were uh, not deliberate, but were definitely uh, there every day, let's say. <laughs> what about with dating? Did you ever <laughs> send the other one out? <laughs> Um, no, actually, uh, girlfriend-wise, me and my brother, um, I think uh, we like different types of girls, actually. Um, so, but Do you think they would have been able to tell you apart right away? Um, I'd like to think they would. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I always thought that would be a fun thing to be able to use, use that to, to have some fun, your identicalness. <laughs> yeah, I think that um, maybe the... the theoretical side of that it sounds fun but in practice it's um you know you want them want them for yourself don't you so uh yeah that's true yeah, yeah. <laughs> so you were at royal ballet uh school for how many years two years okay joined, and then um halfway sorry we joined in uh the second year of the of the course which the upper school course is three years and then we went into the graduating year Okay. Yeah. And they helped you in trying to find your, your next step, right? They helped in a way of um, what you're doing to find a job. We um, have 100% um, graduation every year and go out there and show yourself who you are and what you can do. They were quite um, forceful in the way they want you to push into the, into the professional world to everybody. Was there ever a time when you were at Royal Ballet School that you thought, well, maybe this isn't what you wanted after all? For me, it was um, all great, actually, uh, and the same for my brother, because, um, as I said previously, it was quite a different um, environment I was used to when I was growing up in in my town. So it was all very new, and it was artistically rewarding. So I never hesitated once when I was at the school, no. That's good because yeah. sometimes you know, I, aspiring dancers, you know, think what they want so badly, and then when they kind of have it in front of them, it's not what they thought it would be. So it's nice to hear that it kind of confirmed what you wanted. You know, exactly. Yeah, I was in a in a situation where I only had two years from the from the upper school. So it, um, if I'd gone from the white lodge years and I'd done the entire, I think it's eight years, maybe I wouldn't have had the same thoughts, but. Um, obviously some of my graduating friends had done the eight years and they were still, um, hungry for it. So, and did you wish, or was your intention to try and get into the Royal Ballet School or Royal Ballet uh, Company? Yeah. Well, the, um, the pressure and the kind of 
motive is to enter the Royal Ballet and they give you, um, I say, lots of chances to uh, join in with different productions and in the graduating year of the upper school you take class uh, once a week over in the Opera House uh, with your oh, wow. with your local students and then once a month um, two uh, students uh, were selected to, to take class with the uh, with the company and I also had that uh, fortunate experience and yeah at the same time it's very um, uh, what's the word it's very engaging to have the company across the road with the amazing dancers in the repertoire and I think the Royal Ballet School has a great um, yeah it has um, really good motive to make to make the dancers want to join the company, but also um, as a as a professional now, I know it's by far not the um, company of everyone. I think there are plenty of brilliant companies in the world that do different things for everybody, and oh, I really sure. really believe that um, someone can have one experience. The same person can have one experience in one company and have a complete different experience in another. Um, and if you're look, lucky enough to find that in whatever company, um, if it goes well for you, then that's the best place to be, I think. That's true. And I've heard that from quite a few of my guests that, you know, instead of assuming that one path that you thought you were supposed to be on is the right one, that sometimes out of disappointments or an unexpected turn, you find where you actually should be. Yeah, I think... Um, some things can come away in that way. I also think um, putting the motive onto joining the Royal Ballet from the Royal Ballet School is good also for the student because they um, know there aren't many jobs there, so they become the best possible student they can be to be seen. And and then if you're not accepted in the Royal Ballet but you're accepted uh, into another company and you um, actually experience different experiences, then um, it's all, you know, it's all all in the ballet life that is and were you disappointed when it didn't happen for you um i think everybody had maybe a, a slight disappointment but um i also think in the year there there were quite a few possible candidates and it for some people it worked out and some people were very close to getting in but when you actually have a contract in your hand of somewhere else. I think that soon disappears and you're happy to move on. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So you guys went down to New Zealand and danced. How long were you guys down there again? I can't remember. For not that long. Um, I'd say about five months. Oh, that is a short time. Yeah, we were actually contracted to be there full time. It was quite a um, large, uh, uh, well, they came to came to the ballet school to audition and I guess for them to take some British people that was um, an investment for them and for two British people to leave after not that long was a bit of a loss for them but also they were very they were very understanding it wasn't the company that I um, didn't feel so happy in I just wasn't very happy to um, be so far away from Europe at that point in my life I was 19 um, quite quite a lot younger maybe if I was given that opportunity now uh, being 25 I would see it a lot differently 
That's true. Yeah. So it was something that you and Joshua kind of sat down and talked about and said, you know, this isn't the right fit for us right now. Um, when we joined the company, yeah, I think we both instinctively kind of felt it wasn't the right place to be at, uh, then. Um, yeah. And then how did you word it to them? Um, <laughs> we spoke to the, um, the, di- the director at that, at that time and um, he was very understanding. He was actually Brit- was British himself, uh, sorry, is British himself. Um, and he, yeah, he told us that it was a shame that we decided to leave so early. Um, Did he try and talk you into staying like the full season? Mm, not that I remember. I think he understood. Um, I think. He, yeah, I guess you can't you can't be a good dancer if you're unhappy as much. You know? Exactly. Uh, well said. Um, and he, obviously, you know, I think when you're a young, um, possibly inexperienced dancer joining the company, they're replaceable. You know. He um, has people in New Zealand from the Royal uh, New Zealand Ballet School wanting to get into that company. So he took a gamble. Uh, I took a gamble because I'd actually, I think I'd hardly seen the company before I joined. It's just one of those things in life where you make a decision either to go for it or not to go for it. So no, no hard feelings at all. Um, Since then, I've been to an odd party and I've bumped into the the director that was previously directing there and... um, He's brilliant with us. He's a very nice guy. And then when you guys got back to England, what did you do right away? Did you start auditioning or what was your next path? Well, we when we was at school, we were also um, both given um, an opportunity to join the Bordeaux company, uh, company in uh, south of France. And um, we actually, I think somehow through email, arranged to be able to join there. Um pretty much as soon as we'd left New Zealand. But um, during that time, the few days, the crossover, my brother took a class with English National um, and was offered a job. And then I took Bordeaux. So that's how our paths started to separate. Separate, yeah. And how did how did it come to be that he took the class at English National? Did he have a goal or that was just like a... A class to stay in shape you know when you're um constantly associated as the twins when you're in auditions um if there's one contract and they like you they generally won't give you the contract either of you because oh good um, point well i don't know if i would do the same if i was a director if i had one contract i probably wouldn't give it one of the twins so um that was it at that was an actual yeah you either take both or none yeah so that's the strategy we heard through the great band there was one contract going oh that's interesting so just for english national yes for english national ballet and me and my... so did you guys draw straws how was it that he got to go and not you <laughs> me and my brother are really good friends we um, i know you are we just i said okay i find bordeaux an interesting company um you you take class with E&B. let's see what happens and it just happened like that Oh, that's so funny. Yeah. So then you went down to Bordeaux. How was that experience? It wasn't um, what I expected. The um, The director of there wasn't necessarily so pleased with the last minute decision of my brother receiving a contract with English National Ballet. Um, they wanted the two of you. Exactly. 
uh, and the uh, my time there didn't last for so long. I would say, again, for about six months, um, I was used and dancing um, called the ballet roles and uh, then for some reason the contract was just never renewed and there was a um, a few interviews with me and it, I think it was generally the whole um, um, decision at the beginning was they had some twins in the company and that wasn't uh, how it was now so um, when I was 20 maybe at that, that time I didn't really understand the situation so um, the experience of going to that company didn't last long again um, ju but just for myself what'd you do next then well um so this is how the the tables turned quite a bit because then my brother found himself in english national ballet quite secure and inspired by a very prestigious company and i found myself kind of for a while floating around um um in an in and out of work thinking was this a mistake to leave new zealand um found it quite hard for a while actually but my parents were always very supportive they said look your brother's doing very well. It's just give it time and another opportunity will come for you. And then I actually took some uh, smaller contracts up, actually. I auditioned for um, a company called Ballet Island, which is quite a small company in, in Ireland. And they um, I was there for a year and they, they used me a lot. I It was a very small group of dancers, so the opportunity to dance there was um, really high. And I knew for a long time it wasn't where I needed to be, but at that at that period of my time, period of my life, I was happy. And then um, until I was ready again to audition and not to constantly move around, I auditioned for the Corella Ballet Company in, in Spain, Angel Corella's company. So that was a really exciting move for me, um, joining from a smaller company going to a nice sized company in Spain with uh, Angel Carella directing it and fantastic repertoire. That was a brilliant, brilliant career move for me. So what was kind of like your self-talk to keep yourself positive and motivated and going on? Because, you know, you hear of, of dancers having situations where they're not getting jobs or else having rejections and auditions or whatever. And obviously so much of the ultimate success depends on what what you tell yourself when you go to bed at night yeah right? and i think one glimpse of um hope and success can bounce a million more and i think uh um it, quite quite the same as well if um you go through a bad phase um it can actually have a spiral down also so in my career um that was in the kind of the very beginning really and that um i think can happen to anyone really because um, if if you don't necessarily graduate with out a job, um, you could find yourself looking for work for a while. But that doesn't necessarily reflect on who the dancer is. It's being in the right place at the right time. Um, I'm a big believer of that. Oh, for sure. And being prepared when you arrive. <laughs> There's you know more dancers out there than there are jobs. So it's um, a dog eat dog world. And I. Um, where I was given contracts and then, you know, I decided to leave one and then it wasn't as easy to get another as I found out. But then for some, for my brother, it was. And then, um, and then you build up your, your life from there. I didn't give up. And then eventually when, um, 
Angel Carella Ballet gave me uh, the contract, then my life um, as a classical dancer kind of got to where I wanted it to be again. Uh, Carella Ballet, as we all know, um, unfortunately went down under um, financially in Spain. It's uh, not so great. So I was there for uh, two years until it basically, until I resigned actually. Um, I found that the company financially wasn't um, good enough for me. Um, even though artistically the company was fantastic, the direction um, was great and inspiring and the repertoire I danced there really pushed me as a dancer. I think um, Corella Ballet at the time was a new, interesting, exciting place and Angel Corella would um, promote his young dancers um, and push them and give them almost roles that were maybe too difficult for them. But if you don't do things that are too hard for you, then you'll never learn. And he was very optimistic and positive. Uh, and I definitely learned um, probably some of the most valuable stuff um, in my profession there in that company. Yeah. So then when, when that kind of went under, what did you do? Well, um, I auditioned for the Royal Ballet of Flanders um, and they offered me my contract straight away after the class and um, that was a very smooth transition for me. I uh, again I'm very very happy here and we have a lot of diverse mixed repertoire. It's less classical to how um, the Corella Ballet was in Spain but and this, the value, valuable stuff I learned in Ireland and uh, my interests uh, are much broader than they were when I was younger. So we do diverse uh, repertoire here. And then actually, this is how opposite it is to um, being a young person graduating and then um, finding that work was difficult to come by. As soon when I joined the Royal Ballet of Flanders, they, um, after five months, they promoted me to a oh, demi wow. So how long have you been with so, them now? Uh, this I'm in my third okay. season now. Wow. And then where yeah. are you guys located exactly? We're in Belgium uh, in a town called okay, Antwerp. Okay, sure. I've been there. Um, yeah. And how do you like Belgium? Right. Have you learned the language? <laughs> well, um, I learned, um, I've learned nothing actually. It's, um, I was really, before I was, when I was in Spain, I was really interested in the culture. I, I learned, obviously back then I had, um, had a Spanish girlfriend and I learned, I could say I learned Spanish um, pretty much, it was quite good. And, uh, and then joining, joining the company in Belgium, I kind of, well, it's quite hard to learn the language there because everybody speaks English. So it's, the minute you try, they speak <laughs> English back. If you're in Spain, they'd never speak English back to you. So uh, you have to learn the language. Um, and culturally, it's probably a little less warmer than, than Spain. So um, uh, so no, I haven't uh, really learned the language, even though I'm starting some some course to help me with some things, but it's not not, not such a problem not right. to speak uh, Dutch in Belgium. Yeah. And then are the um, your fellow company members are they from all over the world? Or are they primarily Dutch or? No, they're uh, it's really multicultural. Um, it's really that's kind of fun, huh? Yeah, it's an interesting place to dance. Um, there's 
really fantastic artist in the company. Um, some people are stronger in ballet, some people are stronger in contemporary. But um, So the class is very mixed, actually. You could walk into the Royal Ballet Flanders and watch the class and be like, ah, that seems to be very diverse. But then when it's cast right, when um, performances are cast right, with what repertoire we're doing, we can have really strong points of who's doing what. So it's a really very mixed company culturally and uh, artistically. Well, how big is the company? Um, it's 49 dancers. Okay. Now, is that considered big, medium, or large in a European company? Um, I'd say it's medium. It's not, it's not big, and it's uh, definitely not small, so it's medium, yeah. And then where do you guys perform? It's very mixed from year to year. Um, we had a director uh, change, and the company previously were um, touring from anywhere from London to Paris, um, very international, but now um, our director now has a vision to uh, promote the company more nationally in Belgium. So majority of the time we perform in Belgium. Yeah. And do you have kind of like a regular theater that you always go to? Yeah, we have... Um, Two um, two opera houses uh, in the in the big cities of, of Belgium. So we have a nice opera house in Antwerp where we perform all our works, and then um, we have another um, opera house that we we share with the with the opera in a place called Ghent. So we have those at our ex our expense all the time, um, and then we'll perform to other other local theaters. Are you guys? Um, in your season now, or I know some companies kind of are on a little bit of a break. Others are right in the middle of their summer or spring season. Are, where are you in the process? Yeah, I'm a lucky man. We've just broken up for the summer. so. Uh, ah, so what are you going to do? Um, well, I'll tell you where I am now. I'm at my brother's. <laughs> um, I've just, uh, I um, came over the, two days ago um, meeting friends and family and it's the first day I uh I saw my brother uh yesterday in a while and I've just um watched him dance uh a nice role in uh Romeo and Juliet in the round in the in the Albert Hall yesterday um and then uh it's our birthday tomorrow actually so we're going to do some oh really yeah 26 yeah 26 yeah happy birthday yeah thanks yeah the 20s are good years I'm loving it. I uh, really, um, my career um, has been something that I would not have expected. Predicted. Predicted. Yeah. Um, to be, it was really rewarding to be promoted actually after quite a, I'd say a struggle um, yeah. at the beginning. But To be validated again. Yeah, it was like, I realized that all the work that I'd put in from one company to another, it develops you as a as an artist and as a person because you can think okay when you join a company it takes at least a year to be noticed and then to start dancing stuff but actually um, when you mature and you bring every bit that you've learned on your way and on with you you um you really show that uh, and you really dance in the way that you've uh, experienced yeah to, to many or in many ways dancing is telling your story and whatever you're bringing to that role or that part it is still your version of it based on your own life. Right, exactly. Um, exactly, and that's why I think um, casting is really important because uh, people will bring different things to the table. Well, that's exciting. I, th I think it'd be kind of neat to have the kind of experience that you have where you have an identical twin who's had success in a whole different way so you can kind of 
compare and contrast and see the pros and the cons of each of them, you know? Yeah, exactly. Um, me and my brother, I think, would easily say we're in very, like, um, equal levels in our profession. We're in different companies um, where we're both very happy and we're both, I'd say, in very similar levels. Um, and we both got there through different ways. And that's a really interesting um really interesting prospect actually i know I, I bet it would be hard for your parents to kind of figure out how to best advise each of you you know i think um coming from parents that were never dancers yeah that's very difficult but as long as they as long as um the parents um i don't know help you to uh not make the wrong move then they uh then they're doing a good job yeah Oh, and that's, that's the problem, and I'm facing it, too, because I don't know much about dance. Everything that I know, I've learned through this podcast. All right. But um, uh, to try and figure out how to help navigate my daughter's path and, you know, that whole fear of steering them the wrong direction because maybe I have a hope or a dream that has nothing to do with reality. You know? Right, yeah. Or, or lack thereof, or holding her back because... I'm concerned about not following a traditional path. Who knows? You know, that's it's brand new every day. Exactly, and uh, I think um, that's that's definitely scary. Uh, but I know, um, I think I'm fortunate that it worked out for me, and I like to think that for other people it works out. And I think the main thing is positivity, energy, and uh, self. Uh, self-belief but no arrogance i think modest modest is most important to, to have and um just to to go for it if you have setbacks that's in a way that's a step forward because you're going to get closer to where you you uh, will be that's a good point that's a great way to put it you're right yeah i um I, i'm a very uh optimistic and positive person and i like to think that is um um hopefully the best place to be you know if you're a happy person i think you're positive right because everybody has setbacks or disappointments or whatever it takes it's what you do with it that makes the difference exactly well said exactly that yeah yeah well we're now at the end of um the interview and i'm going to ask you three questions that i ask all of my guests the first question is if you could go back in time to your 13 year old self with the wisdom confidence and lessons you've learned along the way what advice would you give to yourself? Ooh, tricky question. Um, I think um, the advice I'd give to myself now is um, never waste a moment. Enjoy it as much as you can, and um, you will get the most out of it. The more I uh, get older, the more I'm appreciating and enjoying every moment what's what's given to me and what I give to something and I think when you're young you don't you're not really aware of that so I would give myself that advice and with that same wisdom and confidence and lessons learned what would be your advice to aspiring dancers today mm, um, to aspiring dancers I would say um, go and see as much theater possible um, live performances so interesting whether it's dance or non-dance related the the energy that someone has to bring to that stage has to be created new every time and the amount of work they put in behind uh closed doors is just 10 times more than you could imagine and i think 
um, seeing seeing theatre uh, is a real uh, key part in your vision to becoming a dancer because that's what you will do ultimately is hopefully you'll find your way to be a dancing on stage and uh, deliver um, great great pieces to an audience that's that's true and, and that you're that's the first time I've ever heard that and I was thinking when you were saying that I recently interviewed um, a young girl who's in the core in New York City Ballet and she's had to sit out the last few shows of the season because of a foot injury but she said that she's been able to watch for the first time ever in the audience her peers and you know the the dancers dance and she said that she's learned more in that those shows than she has in months of actually rehearsing because she learned some tricks and tips and what works and what looks really great so she's she said that she feels like she's going to take away some really great nuances for her future which i thought was a really neat thing to hear that's really um great to hear yeah and i completely agree with that it's really um an interesting place to be actually because obviously it's not nice to be injured but right but she kind of turned the lemon into lemonade <laughs> exactly that and um I think it's really nice to be able to watch your peers and watch other people's uh, experience uh, come through and you can learn from that. Right, yeah. And then my final question is, um, do you have a favorite quote that you'd like to share with my audience? Um, I'm not going to be able to answer that because I don't actually have one, no. Well, that's okay. Uh, You're not the only one. (laughs) Okay. But what about like a mantra that, you know, is there anything that kind of like a little self-talk when you're getting ready to perform or getting ready to learn a new role? It's kind of a a little engine that could type of thing. Like I think I can or I know I will. Or is it just a sense of calm confidence? I wouldn't say I'm the calmest before I go on stage. Adrenaline definitely ruins that side. I'm a... I guess uh, whether I look calm uh, is uh, different, but I think um, the minute you enter from the wings to the stage, the feeling is uh, quite immense and you have all these faces looking at you if you can just see them or you see a little reflection of glasses, you name it, you might see it. And it's uh, um, when you get on stage, you just, you kind of go with the flow, you go with what's naturally coming, what you have had done in the rehearsals, hopefully all comes together. And um, I guess you have, you're nervous if that will happen or not. But if you believe in that it will, then I think you um, do as good a job as you can. Well, on that, thank you so much. I really appreciate your time and I'm excited to finally get the twins on. Well, the best to you and I look forward to following your career. Thank you so much. Thank you. I look forward to hearing it. Thanks everyone again for listening to today's episode of Balancing Point Podcast. If you enjoy my shows, I'd love for you to take a moment and head over to iTunes when you have time and go ahead and leave me a rating and review. It really helps me know that you're listening, know that you're enjoying the show. And any other feedback is always much appreciated. I read each and every email, any of your tweets, your Facebook posts, any of those. Go ahead and give me some feedback. Let me know what you think of the show. Let me know if you have any requests for guests coming up on the show. And until the next time, have a great day.